I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. We're the guys from That Film Stew, and this is our latest review, Wonka. Directed by Paul King, uh, Wonka is the musical fantasy film starring uh, Timothy Chalamet in the title role. It tells the origin story of Willy Wonka, a character in the 1964 novel Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Rodal. The movie is out now, but if you haven't watched Wonka yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking. Spoilers. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And of course, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Street Podcast. So Jason, what is Wonka about? With dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate, a young and poor Willy Wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers. There was a lot of speculation about this movie even existing in the first place. Like, who was asking for an origin story of Willy Wonka? And I've got to be honest, I was in that camp. I didn't think that it's something we necessarily needed. And then it was coming out, and it's like, is it actually a prequel to the 1971 movie? Is it connected to the... Johnny Depp, Tim Burton movie. Is it his own thing altogether? There were so many questions. Mm-hmm. I don't think all those Definitely. questions have been answered. But, <laughs> and, and this being a musical, and I'm not a fan of musicals, you know this. I thought this was fun. That's not my full review. I just want to get it out there. I took my kids to see this movie. My yeah, eldest isn't the biggest fan. And she almost reluctantly said when we came out of the cinema, it was surprisingly good. And she smiled. She had a good time. My 11-year-old, she <laughs> had a good time. My six-year-old enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good turnout. You know, lots of kids in the screening that I was in. It was it was a good vibe. Now, I watched this last year, and we're playing catch-up. We've just come back off hiatus. Yeah, yes. Back after the Christmas break. So you've seen it a lot more recent than I have. Yeah, they're correct. So, I, I mean, I just busy, busy holiday period, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the wife and I managed to get out to it last night. So, <laughs> yes, very, very fresh. So I am maybe going into this a little bit hyped from having seen it. We went to gold class. We spoiled ourselves a little bit. Um, the credit card has been damaged 1%, but that's okay because, like you, look, we had a lovely evening. And look, the movie is, it is, uh, it's a great experience. Like, it is, it's a lovely movie. Again, not giving the full review, but look, I'm, I'm throwing out those positive things now. Like, there's a lot of joy in this movie. And like yourself, like, when they were talking about this Wonka movie, Okay, it's a well, it's a prequel type thing. So it's it's a younger Willy Wonka. What the hell? That original film from the oh god, so the seventy sixties, whatever it is, might be the seventy one. Um, seventy one. There we go. Pretty close to sixties. Um, very precious to me. Like I hold that movie up there. It's a you know, and I suppose many people probably feel the same way. Like a movie from well before our childhoods, but. You know, we grew up and we watched it multiple times and the songs and the wonder Gene Wilder's, Gene Wilder's performance, all of that, you know, like the story of Charlie Bucket, the golden ticket, magic. 
So it's like, oh, this is precious. Don't touch it. And, you know, we had that Johnny Depp, you know, the Tim Burton directed um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie, which, you know, seemed fun at the time when I was a bit younger. But, you know, you look back on it and it's like, wow, that is a, that was something very different. Yeah, so it was yeah. kind of, you know, as we were getting trailers and things and, you know, we started to hear and look, they weren't. They weren't really advertising that this was a musical, but in the trailer you had the glimpses of, you know, the melodies, the tunes of of that original Willy Wonka film, and it was like, hang on, have we got connective tissue to that movie? And that I'll, I'll admit that got me excited. The first like images we got of um, Chalamet as Wonka in like the getup and like just the look of it add to the fact that. Paddington director Paul King at the helm of this, it was like, hang on, everything's pointing to this could be something special. So look, my my excitement for it just went through the roof as as we learnt more about it and we start to see and and I think look, there's I think there's enough in here to to sort of point towards. I mean, if you are gonna go to either sort of Wonka movie. It's a prequel to that original one. There's yeah, that's, get to the yeah. end, and it's like the look of the factory and stuff. It's like, yeah, this is very clearly a a prequel to the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka movie. Well, it definitely, yeah, it definitely points to that. I mean, in the opening number, Willy Wonka drops a coin down a storm grate. In Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the seventy-one movie. Charlie Bucket finds a coin in the stone drain. So there's, you know, there's there's things there. And the design of the Umpalumpers is taken straight out of that movie. The source yeah. material from the novel has no specific descriptions of the Umpalumpers, except that they are short, have long hair, and speak their own language. So even the, books, the look they had like illustrations, didn't they? They had little They did, but they weren't orange, yeah. green hair like they are True. in this movie. And that Gene Wilder movie. You know, you mentioned the director, Paul King, and this being, like Paddington, a very British film, but not just it is, but it's not just Paul King. It was written, produced, and directed by the same team as the Paddington films, and the cast also features many Paddington alumni. So it is very British. But what's interesting though, the city where Wonka wants to open his store is never actually mentioned. It was partly filmed in London, but shop signs are often in French and the zoo has German signs suggesting it's a fictional European city. But yes, it does look and feel very British. And there's so many English actors in here that I'm a big fan of. And I know we'll get into it. But yes, this is a very, a very British film, just like the Paddington movies. I mean, there was almost it was almost like uh, every couple of scenes, it was just a new, you know, like oh, I know that face, I know that, yeah, there it is. Okay, there's that person. It was it was fun. It was exciting. Honestly, right? You know, I um, said, you know, there's a good vibe in my screening. Kids in there. Rowan Atkinson got a uh, cheer. Kids yes. cheered. Did they? Did that happen in your screening? Well, look, Kids were cheering. I, I mean. I, Again, bear in mind in gold in like the gold, oh, class, okay. in gold class, so it's smaller audience, obviously. But still, Rowan Atkinson appears on screen and you get like the muffles in the audience, you know, you get like the oh like, ah, you know, like 
excitement and it's just like there it is <laughs> i know people but i'm thinking you, man people but i'm him. talking they do and i do too but i'm talking little kids and i'm like thinking what's that show that he did on netflix be something you know him and the bee mm. was it b man what was it called you know what i'm talking about let's go let's go with b man it was the just, B. man versus b man versus b i think brilliant no you're right it is it is yeah See, that was fairly recent. Of course, like Mr. Bean is constant. Like, you know, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, the TV series, the movies, the animated series. But I was looking at when was the last time Rowan Atkinson did a movie? And it was 2018, the most recent John English film. Yeah, strikes yeah. again. So I was just generally surprised that such a young audience would cheer. You know, they only it's reacted that one way. They only reacted that way. To Rowan Atkinson, not to Willy Wonka, yeah. not to you know any of the other actors in there. But it, it was nice though. We do just one more thing on the kids. Not only did they cheer for Rowan Atkinson at the end of the movie, round of applause. The kids were giving a round of applause for the movie. Ah, it's magical. <laughs> I think because it is magical. And you're I mean, just it, like yeah. A, a, a final point just to tie it into you know like the point being like this is a prequel to that 71 movie is like a lot of the dialogue and like there's repeated lines either used in different ways you know like the good day sir like i said good day and things like that and different quotes lifted from from that movie you know not necessarily in like from the book but from the movie there's a lot of connective tissue there and i'm sitting there going look there's not really much connective tissue to you know johnny depp's interpretation oh there's none yeah I mean, the closest you get is sort of like, you know, I kind of noticed like at the beginning of like the, the giraffe scene, like when they first go into the little giraffe enclosure and I'm like, oh, Wonka's been a little bit goofy here. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting Johnny Depp vibes like that. <laughs> but that was about it. The, there's nothing else connecting to to that interpretation of of the story or anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand by definitely a prequel. Yes. Movie, so. It's been so long since I've seen the Depp version. I and I want to keep it that way. I've got no intention of watching <laughs> that one again. After watching this, I did go back and watch the Gene Wilder movie again. And that is oh yeah. I'm with you. That is such a great movie. And this is a good Christmas movie. Now, of course, it's not a movie about Christmas, but this type of kids' movie, a family movie to come out just before Christmas, I think it's just perfect. I think it's got like a really nice, there's like a wholesome, sweet, like there's a gentleness to this movie. Like it's a it's a kind-hearted film. Like there's like even the villains are are just like, you know, they're they're flamboyant and over the top and silly and goofy. There's no I mean, obviously they're doing sinister things and stuff, but it's like I don't know. It's very playful. There's a nice sort of tone and feel to it. The messaging, especially when you get to the end, you know, like with the the message about chocolate and, you know, sharing it with, you know, those people around you and stuff. And it's like, that's such a sweet, there's a pun there. There's it's such a sweet message that like, you're right. It really just fits into that Christmas spirit kind of, kind of thing. So I think perfect time to release this movie was December. I yeah, say absolutely. as I watched it on the 9th of January. <laughs> yeah, you watched it late, but that's okay. Because you watched <laughs> it, we can we can talk about it now. You know, on the chocolate, what I will say, though, what I don't 
agree with. If I'm going to, you know, it can't all be positive. The crunch when they're buying into chocolate. I don't know. I don't think chocolate should crunch. Like it just any kind of chocolate that they were Ooh. eating. Just I don't know. It yeah. just crunched. This could be a debatable thing, and I'm not going to take a stance either way. But some people really like to put their chocolate in like the freezer <laughs> or in the fridge, even. Hey, so listen. when they do bite it, it is crispy. It's I mean, not crispy, but like it snaps. You know, like it. <laughs> the freezer is just crazy talk. No, I'm, I'm not saying I absolutely. do that. I don't actually. I don't do that. But I, I put it in the fridge. Like. I I like chocolate in the fridge. But I'm from the UK, though. It's it's different. There's apparently mm. in Australia, there's a different ingredient that makes it not melt as quick as English chocolate does. Or preservatives, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's a white so I don't know science. But yeah, there's something in there which makes it taste different as well. Like it does we make chocolate, chocolate from the UK. It just yeah. melts here. It just melts. It's useless. That's it. But even terrible. in the UK, even in the UK though. Uh, but then again, you, you can't leave it in the fridge. You, you, you've got to have a plan, right? You go, okay, so this yeah, is the chocolate yeah. I have. I'm going to put it in the fridge, but I know I'm going to have to eat it after a certain amount of time because if you leave it too long, you get that fridge taste and no, nobody nobody wants that. Oh, this is not something not something I thought we'd talk about. But anyway. But it's know, chocolate, re- is a, chocolate is, just to get all serious here, chocolate is a, a very important aspect of this. You know, when you watch that 71 movie and it's like, the opening credits is bloody just like churning chocolate. You get to the scene with all the, you know, like the, the in the factory, you know, like the pure imagination. It's just like, I want to be there. I want to eat all the snacks and look at that chocolate river. Like it's a mate. You want to be eating all this rubbish candy food. And like you watch this and it's like, it's, it's a, it's a really important aspect, the candy, the treats, the lollies, the chocolates, and you want to be there, you know, when they first open that shop and you're like, this looks wonderful. This looks delightful outside of that. Uh, and like that chocolate fountain at the end, there's not actually really that much in the way of, I guess like tantalizing visual chocolate feast. I mean, you yeah, do see a lot yes. of chocolate pieces yeah. and like chocolate little Button I mean, you're like, right. Little thing. It's not like watching a Cadbury ad. It's it's very, very <laughs> yeah. different to that. And it's all there about chocolate rivers and waterfalls. And I mean, the way that he's yet. making it is fun. The way that he's putting the chocolate together, I and mean, it's like it's a little barista book for chocolate. You know, he's got his yeah. little experiments, like, and it like but then it crunches. A magician, <laughs> like it's magical. And you, he's and you turn blue. Or you float away. The side effects, I don't yeah. know, it's a bit risky. <laughs> it's a bit risky. No, but they've got all those fun, like, crazy Wonka-esque things to it. I think it just falls short of, like, delivering that, like... You know, I was worried. I was like, I'm going to be watching this movie and then wanting to eat chocolate. Like, I mean, to be fair, we did gorge on other stuff. But <laughs> I was like, we should have brought snacks. We should have brought, like, candy and chocolate and lollies and all it's that. It's a good but... point, actually. Yeah, it's like, it was no... really making me... I mean, I did... Like, crave chocolate. I did go in with popcorn already, but I didn't mm. like, you know, want more, like, want chocolate afterwards. You know, sometimes, like, you know, watching like a Daniel Craig Bond movie and you think, oh, I don't know why, but I could do with a Heineken. You know, sometimes, <laughs> or the opening of Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, oh, I could do with a Budweiser. Sometimes you get that effect from watching a movie. It's not always alcohol. There's other things that I might. It sounds like you're a drunk. <laughs> that just sounds like. <laughs> But, you know, I've rewatched Terminator 3 the other day in that slow motion shot, you know, John Connor drops the beer bottle. Anyway, 
Back Definitely to, an alcoholic, not a chocoholic. I get it. Right, back to Willy Wonka. And do you know what? Let's uh, let's spend a bit of time talking about yeah, Timothy okay. Chalamet. This is a very different kind of film for him. Like if you look at his previous movies, very different to this. I mean, he started doing big tentpole films, you know, like June, and we're about to get June Part Two. Mm. But this is not his usual wheelhouse, and I do think. That works in the film's benefit because if you look at everyone else that is surrounding Timothy Chalamet in this movie, they've done a lot of this kind of thing before, you know, whether it's, you know, comedy, singing, dancing, and they do tend to do it better. There's an awkwardness to his performance and he does stick out. But I think that's a good thing for his character in the film because he's supposed to be different to everybody else. Like he's I good in this, but he's that, not yes. the best singer. He's not the best dancer, but it fits perfectly. It, yeah, that, I like. I think you're bang on. Like, I really, I really agree with that. Like, you're right. He, it's almost like he's not perfect in this. Like, he's not hitting every note correctly. He's not doing the like. He's not he, he almost like when he's performing dancing or even doing like the Willy Wonka announcing, you know, like I'm selling my truck. It's like it's over the top. It's a salesman more than a performer. But it works because it's like it's, it's almost like an uncomfortableness about it, which kind of leans into his awkwardness, zaniness. Yeah, yeah it sticks out, but in a good way, not in a bad way at all. No, but absolutely. The, it does work. He's a fantastic actor and like I I don't think he's done anything to disprove that. And I think he has he has a great future ahead. I mean, I think another benefit from him is that, you know, I only I mean, I I saw I saw I saw June and you know, I've seen Little Women and I've seen, you know, Call Me By Your Name. So what that was called. Um but you know, he's still he's not like, you know, he's not like a, a Tom Cruise, a Brad Pitt, he's not a you know, a Chris Pratt, a, a household name where it's like oh, I just see that actor as, you know, being that character. To me, I'm watching this and I'm still seeing a stranger, essentially, which works because I think it helped to sell, I'm believing this is Willy Wonka. Like, I'm seeing really, this character. It really it does. Helps. You know, when he's, been, when he's got kooky line deliveries and certain things, you know, well, like rewind, loop it, or whatever he says. It's been a while. Again, I watched it in December. Scratch that film, reverse. <laughs> yes. You watched it last night. In yeah. the film, it's still... I mean, that's another 71 line, but... <laughs> <laughs> it is still... Okay, that's interesting. It's off. It sounds off, but you can go with it more in the film. But when they were putting that in the trailers as part of a series of quick edits, it looked shit. And it didn't work in the trailers, but it plays better in the film. You know, this the casting, apparently it came down to two actors. Obviously, Timothy Chalamet got it. The other actor was Tom Holland. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> the issue there, Tom Holland would have been able to have danced, maybe even sang just as good as everybody else around him, and he would have just blended in. And I would have seen Tom Holland. Yes, like I would have seen <laughs> Tom Holland. Whether it's Spider-Man yeah. or... Yeah, no, I would have seen, seen Tom Holland. I mean, look, I've 
there's many there's many roles that he's done since or, or whatever that that I've been able to detach and be like I'm not seeing Spider-Man anymore I'm seeing a, a, like another character and that's because he you know he's a good actor but I mean it would have he would have had to work overtime to win me over as Wonka like I would have just been seeing Tom Holland but no I think they went good here and I think another thing that works for him is that his American accent again made him stick out it was like yeah, like he was just so out of place in the best way possible because everyone else is so British. Absolutely. <laughs> it really worked. <laughs> like, I know. It, but it I think really, that's also yeah. why a lot of the lines were kind of like, oh, that's not landing right. It's because, hey, everyone else is talking, they're talking English and he's he's got this, this American accent. So everything just sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do oh, have, we right. do have, Keegan Michael Key as the chief of police who's addicted to chocolate and is in cahoots with the chocolate cartel. So he, I don't you know, even know what another... accent he was. What accent was he doing? I think he was just he doing, doing him. Like a New York accent. He was like a New yeah, York. Yeah, he just. I don't know. Like it, to me, he just sounded Queens, like Keegan. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Oh, I mean, sure. it, it was pretty thick, but he certainly wasn't trying to be British. But wow, this cast. I mean, we've got Matt Lucas. As uh, Gerald Prodnose, a corrupt businessman, but then along with him, we've got Matthew Bainton as Felix Fickle Funny thing with his character, um, he retches at, at the word per. <laughs> per. He retches oh. at the word oh. Don't know why I got to say oh. that word. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Have you? No seen... matter how many times they did that joke, landed every. Time. Oh, every time. Because he... have you seen? the TV series Horrible Histories and the BBC comedy Ghosts. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Love those shows. so many faces yes. from that, including him, right? Well, just like Paddington, one of the writers on this movie is Simon Farnby, and he was in Horrible Histories. He's the ghost that died in the 80s without no trousers in Ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he, you know, he's got his... He, Play security guards in the Paddington movies. But Matthew Bainton story in this movie. Yes. Ah, oh. Basil. <laughs> that whole <laughs> thing with the with the the chocolates that make him go through like a whole and bender of a night. Oh yes. The emotional phone call, <laughs> the regretful phone call, or whatever. And then there's that other. Oh, what's her name? I think Gwenny, played by Ellie White, goes through the same thing, and it turns out that. They're the one they're calling each other, and ah, oh, it's what a twist, what a reveal. <laughs> Wait, there's even uh, Charlotte Ritchie is in this, oh, playing the character named Barbara, and she's got a little love the story second, as well. Love story in this movie, yeah. Like, but they, it's, they get married. It's, <laughs> it's like who's who, and it's like oh, look, it's the actress from Peep Show, and oh, and there's this and there's that, and and of course, what Sally Hawkins, she was in the Paddington movies. Uh, in this, she's playing Willy Wonka's late mother. So we get those flashbacks with a young Willy Wonka and she gives him that chocolate bar and he's opening it. He gets one chocolate bar a year and it's got what it looks like a gold wrapper inside. And you're thinking, oh, that's the golden... Oh, mate. That's the just golden to, ticket. Just to jump straight to the end there, right? Like, that whole sequence where, you know, like they've saved the day, the, the bad guys have gotten... Well, they're floating away, but they've gotten done in. And then he just takes a moment and he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna open this. 
is, you know, the chocolate that his mum made and gave to him. There's that golden ticket and then there's the message on there about, you know, like it's not about how you make the chocolate or whatever it says. It's about who you share it with. And then you see, you know, almost like the ghostly figure of his mum in the crowd. I was almost there shedding a tear. It was there, man. I was like, I'm feeling every hit of this right now. It was beautiful. It was so good. Yeah, anyway, it works. The mum uh, element and the chocolate, like, oh, it's so good. Works really well. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, it was beautiful. Then he's sharing, he's like, oh, this weird dude with this funny accent and, like, he's made friends. And it's the exact number of pieces of chocolate. Very coincidental, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, the it's friends wonderful. that he's made, you know, first up, we've got Noodle, who is the orphan girl. She becomes Willie's assistant, played by Calla mm. Lane. She's great. You know, you believe their relationship. She tries to warn him about the trap that he's about to fall into with two of the villains. And then the other people... That you meet there, we've got Jim Carter as Abacus Crunch, uh, who and he's you know he was in Downton Abbey. People would know him from that. Years ago, he was in another Roald Dahl adaptation, starring alongside Rowan Atkinson, and that was The Witches. That's an interesting Whoa. bit of trivia. Yeah. <laughs> who else do we have here? We've got Rich Fulcher as Larry Chucklesworth, the comedian. <laughs> yeah, like, you'll never be funny. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and him, funny. him, and Barnaby previously appeared together in an episode of The Mighty Boosh. So honestly, like you know, my comedy—it's almost know. like every actor in England has almost worked with another actor in England. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, okay, we'll do Olivia Coleman first as Mrs. <laughs> Scrubbit. I mean, for me, I go back to Peep Show. That's where I first discovered her. And days, she's yeah. fantastic in she Hot Fuzz. In Hot Fuzz, there's been a murder. <laughs> she's so <laughs> funny in that. And um, yeah, absolutely. She's she's blown up. I mean, she is the go-to. And outside of comedy, one of the first things I did see her do outside of comedy was Broadchurch with David Tennant, the ITV drama. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. But she really is great. Isn't she like Academy Award winning? Olivia she Coleman, is. like, was that for the favorite? Lady? Potentially, yeah, yeah, but yeah, and so she, she's the up there as well, maybe, right? Okay, but I mean, I she's possibly, possibly. she's up there for the longest time. You know, we've had you know, Helen Mirren, we've had Judy Dench, we've got Olivia Coleman, you know, she's definitely, <laughs> yeah. she's definitely up there, but alongside her in this, and I was so excited about this casting. Tom Davis as Bleacher, her love interest. Uh, you know, he was originally the hired muscle. Uh, you know, like they disgusted by him. <laughs> and then she thinks that he's, you know, related to royalty and that whole thing. And Tom Davis, for years and years and years, I've been a big fan of his, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, the TV series King Gary. He's got a podcast with Ramesh Ranganathan, uh, Wolf and Owl, which is fantastic, a very funny comedy podcast. But Tom Davis is somebody that's getting around more and more. And I knew about his casting, but what really caught me by surprise is when they released a series of character posters and he got his own character poster. And even then I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. I wasn't prepared for how much he was going to feature in this film. 
Yeah. Big fan of this guy. I mean, I almost thought, you know, like, because it's early on that, like, Willie gets to, like, gets to that place with the, you know, like the, what is it called? Shrubits and whatever. Yeah. The place where he rents the room and stuff. Yeah. I kind of figured that their scenes would just be there. And then that's it. I thought story's going to move on. And like, they're, they're almost secondary villains in this. Like, they're, it, it's madness. Oh, like, yeah. They're in the whole movie. Like, yeah, yeah. They're cool. actually in it. And- Wait. They're fantastic. So, no compliance. Oh, man. But- yeah. It's, yeah. So much. So much fun, like seeing Tom Davis on on the big screen, and you know, talking about you know comedy actors, British actors. I completely skipped over Patterson Joseph as Arthur Slugworth, another actor that I first saw on Peep Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's great. He's fantastic as as Slugworth. Um, and you know, look, even him, like showman performance wise, like doing the song and dance stuff like he is he's doing all that fantastically he's bringing charisma and charm but you know in a very sneaky kind of way but it's like he's selling it and i'm like yeah i'm all here i'm all like it's working it is working on every level like he's doing great like and it's funny because you know like i've got no besides the the books, or I think the Slugworth character features a little bit more. Like you don't see him in the in the seventy one. You've just got the, I guess, like the fake Slugworth. That's like, right. Yeah. See, like an, the actual interpretation of the character. So here we get exposure to him. So I'm like, look, this is exciting. This is who he is. But then I almost feel like, where does it go from here? This with is that the character? thing. This, this is the thing. Because you're right. It, it's a fake Slugworth in the seventy one movie and was undercover for Willy Wonka. And they're in this movie, him and the, you know, the other uh, members mm. of the cartel. Did Willy Wonka kill him? Did they float up into space? Like, well, they're like, I mean, not in the, in the 71 movie, Slugworth does still exist. We just don't see him. And you can still ah, right. purchase, like, Slugworth Slizzlers or whatever the hell they're called. Like, you can get that brand of chocolate and candy and stuff. So... Yeah, he's still around. So obviously, he comes down at some point. But <laughs> you know what I, I read? Who knows? This is the, the I'm talking about the '71 movie. But you know when Willy Wonka first comes out and he's got the cane. Apparently, that mm-hmm. was Gene Wilder's idea. Yeah, and the the whole idea is that like from that moment on, the audience wouldn't know if Willy Wonka was telling the truth or pulling your leg. Genius, <laughs> like just genius, yeah. like it's. Yeah, like, it, and that really is a timeless movie. Like, and I guess you know, not really knowing where this film actually takes place, you know, which city it's in, you know, other than just thinking maybe it's you know a city in Europe or a fabricated city, but it just is out of time. Oh man, that that seventy one movie, this movie. Do you know what? I think we're there. I think we can actually rate it. Can we talk Unless about you've got something. Oh yes, like absolutely. Music songs and stuff i mean we're talking about you know like timothy chalmay's performance and how it sort of works i think another thing that benefited him and a lot because like you said he's not a song and dance man but he was getting it done a lot of the songs felt um and this is all positive thing like there's a whimsical nature a very bouncy poppy uh there's the there's there's just a nice melody to each song that he's performing. Very, 
I guess the best way to describe it, like very Disney-like, which does lend itself to being performed a lot easier, if that makes sense. Like, think, I'm thinking more like, you know, like 90s Disney's where it's like those songs, they're all, uh, I'm very bad with music, but like they're ballads. They're like, you can just... They can be sung with like it's almost like you can speak the words as you're singing them, which I think allowed um, Chalamet to sort of nail them a lot better than I think if they were like full on like up there, you know, like symphonies. So true. But well, I really enjoyed the songs. Like the songs yeah, are such a yeah. strong element of that for of that original '71 movie. Absolutely, and I think this one like it worked well. But at the end, though, I mean, you know, in its entirety. Chalamet sings pure imagination. Yeah, and it's and it's really good. And I loved how they saved it to the end. They changed the lyrics a bit in the first verse to make it more in line with, you know, the story of Noodle and reuniting her with her mum and all that kind of stuff. But then when it's like him and the Oompa Loompa and, oh, my God, Hugh Grant, have we? Mate, listen, <laughs> I was just going to say, I was going to thank you for derailing me wanting to rush to the rating. Bringing up the music because just then, as we were talking before you said that, I was thinking to myself, How the hell have we not brought up Hugh Grant as Lofty, the umpa lumpa that becomes Wonka's ally? How (laughs) has that not happened? And he's fantastic, he really is. He really is the, uh, the, the dryness to him, the the sarcastic side. Like it's great, and even like he's like visually, just he's he's very small. <laughs> but do you know what I like though? Do you know what? I'm really enjoying this part of Hugh Grant's career. Like he's doing things now that he's never done before. Like you know, he's, he's no doing... longer just doing different versions of Hugh Grant. Yeah, like, this is... he was fantastic in Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Uh, the other Guy Ritchie movie, Operation Fortune, with Jason Statham, is really good in that. But then he's doing a Dungeons and Dragons movie. He's playing an Oompa Loompa. I mean, this is There's a that different one, Hugh Grant. That, that cameo in, um, what was that, Knives Out, The Glass Onion. Oh, <laughs> yes, of course. Two yes. minutes in a robe. Like, yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, so he's, good. He's fantastic. He is. He really is, yeah. But you're with the music, like, the, I think the new songs are fantastic. They're great. Um, the score, you know, like they're they're borrowing a lot from that 71 film again, you know, like the different melodies, the tunes, and I'm like, oh, they're teasing me with this. It's, it's wonderful. You know, we're getting that pure imagination riff again and again. I'm like, oh, just give me the song, damn you. And they do, they deliver on it. But at the same time, there's still an original score in this movie that ties it all together and lets the movie speak and live in its own breath, which I think is is great. It is great. It really is. And on that, can we do it? If you're going to rate this we can movie, do it. if you're going to rate this movie out of five, okay. Bear in mind, it's been about twenty four hours since I've watched it. So, look, I'll be honest. I might still be in that big hype, but I'm doing it. I'm giving Wonka a five out of five. I love this movie. It is. It's fantastic. I love the way it made me feel. Uh, among everything so like i mean the wife and i driving home and we were both just like can you think of anything that you disliked or you know fell shit and we were just like not really and if we did it would be really just nitpicking at something like we both love this movie um i've been thinking about it all day and i'm like i want to watch it again and i haven't really 
2023 haven't really had that urge to race out to see something yet, but i'm like man i cannot wait to yeah revisit this it's awesome so yeah i'm giving it full marks five out of five yeah i'm i'm with you i had such a good time <laughs> i had such a good time watching this movie and again like what you had with your wife i had with my kids you know a shared experience i enjoyed it they really enjoyed it and the film just works and and even though i've seen it part of me still thinks it shouldn't exist like it shouldn't be as good as it is but it, it does exist it shouldn't be this good and it, it is it is fantastic it's a prequel to willy wonka who cares we do <laughs> it's a really it's a really good film <laughs> honestly people that i speak to now that have been negative about it haven't seen it and some people think it's a remake nah it's a prequel anyway <laughs> it's it's an original story. It is an original story. But yeah, five out of five. I can't pick faults with this either. I mean, yes, the chocolate crunches, but that's okay. I can forgive it. <laughs> it's it's a good time at the movies. I really did enjoy this one. Well, that's it for our review of Wonka. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. You've been listening to Luke. And you've been listening to Jason. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. <laughs>